welcome to Opening Presence, a podcast about creative expression, healing, and transformation. My name is Aaron Robinson. Thank you so much for joining me. In today's episode, I sit down with Ali Gadel, artist, designer, creative director of House of Gold, Strawberry Ranch, and co-founder of Flower Factory. In this conversation, we talk about merging consciousness and creativity, the responsibility of healing our inner wounds, and ushering forth a new paradigm for the creative community in Portland. If you enjoy this episode, make sure to share it with a friend. Now, without further ado, welcome to Opening Presence. Get comfy, y'all. We all good? Yep. Oh my gosh. We're back. Welcome to Opening Peasants. <laughs> I'm so happy. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a little bit of a hiatus, but as you've seen, we've added a couple of things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which camera should we look at? There's three cameras here. You got to look at each other. You got quite a production. Yeah. If you have, if you have like a mic drop, <laughs> if you have a mic drop moment, then you can like look at that camera. Oh yeah, that was yeah, facing yeah. me. So when you All need right. to speak to the audience and be like, hey, you break need to get the, some, break the third wall. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Oh, showing a little skin. Damn, it's a it's a kid show. <laughs> All right, thanks. Yeah. Andres's first podcast. Thanks, Andres. Good looking <laughs> out. So today I'm joined by Ali Gadil. You're the very first person who's been on the podcast twice. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I made it. I'm honored to to hold that status with the Opening Presence community. Most definitely. Well, I yeah. think it's fitting since like we've spent a lot of time together over the last like year or so. Yeah. And I feel like we were on some shit before. But mm-hmm. now I feel like we're really on some shit. Yep. Um, so with this kind of like coming back into, I guess, this practice of doing a podcast and having open conversations with friends, family, mm-hmm. and we're just like learning and growing just as a collective. Like we always check mm-hmm. in with one another. We always share our insights as they come up and like it's a beautiful practice and to be able to like share space space with you and to share uh moments and and growing with you it's just been an honor man completely thank you completely if, if i haven't said it yet like I want to say you it. haven't said it so it's good to hear yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so since the last time that we've actually done a podcast a lot has happened in your life but yeah could you give the audience kind of like a rundown of what what your growth main growth has been over the last couple of years yeah well thank you for allowing me to express myself on this platform and and share couch and space with you new couch new couch this couch just came in this morning this is a fresh off of craigslist marketplace and um i'm glad we're getting such good use out of it mm-hmm. right um she's a star <laughs> the the thing i love about Aaron a lot obviously your spirit and your your wisdom but your your comedic timing is really good that's the first thing I noticed when we started spending a lot of time together is like your comedic timing and these little like bits you get into and your 
he'll just like say two random words at the right time and it'll just be really funny. And it's like, I like spending time with people like that, that aren't able to like, they don't take themselves too seriously. You know, they, they find the humor and the joy in, in life. And I think uh, that's important, you know, because the work that we do is is taxing and it can be stressful, but we don't have to carry that weight, you know, unless we want to. But that's a segue from your question um, about my growth. Um, to be honest, the main thing that I've experienced over the last couple years is the deepening of my practice and the the illumination of my artistic expression. So I think that, should I look into that camera when I say that? Take two. Uh, the deepening of my presence, opening presence, and the manifestation and illumination of my artistic voice and expression. And so... I think that was like an intro to what we talked about previously, but for me, that's it. That's everything. Mm -hmm. Like if I can, if I can get in touch with my deepest self, my deepest spirit, and I'm able to, to make it my home and find joy there and find peace there, I can use that as a springboard to radiate all of my work and all of my art and all of my creativity. Mm -hmm. So I think since we last chatted formally on this platform, I've just been deepening my practice, getting more intentional with it, getting more uh, consistent with it. And it's shown in my work output. Like the work I feel like I've been making is really in line with what I want to share and, and what I want to communicate to the world and what flows through me just naturally. And I just see it as an extension of myself. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. What does that feel like when you say like, it's almost like tapping into like a new well, a mm -hmm. new reservoir to operate from? How does that differentiate from, I guess, how you were creating art before? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that when you create from spirit, and you create from source because you have access to it, you're able to just move with intuition and with like an unseen hand <laughs> guiding you as you express yourself. It's just mm -hmm. things just come to you, things move through you and they just make sense. And you just have this like overwhelming awe and joy when you've, when you've manifested something. And I think that's a, a stark contrast from creating from ego, you know, where it's your your main your main motivation to create is to, you know, get something or to achieve some status or to make something like something people would like and almost for marketing purposes. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a lot of people get caught up in like trend forecasting <laughs> and um, I think trying to make things they think people will like mm -hmm. rather than just being honest with themselves. And I think that's where you and I really bonded was because what I loved was when we had our first 
chat in my basement. Um, the first thing that we did was we just meditated. I was like, you know, let's just dr drop in and meditate for 10 minutes mm -hmm. before we began the podcast. And I just remember I was like, ah, like it was just like a nice Zen release as we began our like conversation. And it was just like, oh, okay. Like this is where you're at and where I'm at. And we have a shared synergy on how we approach work. Mm -hmm. We didn't meditate before this podcast. We were just like, put all we're this on, together. You're on a deadline. Yeah, thank yeah. you team. Thank you, Flower Factory's <laughs> finest. <laughs> like we, yeah, we're going we're corporate. We're going yeah, corporate. we're moving right now. <laughs> That's beautiful. And I, I agree that when you are in spirit or inspired, like it permeates through all phases of life. Mm -hmm. It's like, yes, we're focusing on art, but it it's with you when you're taking out the trash mm -hmm. or when you're doing the dishes. And it yeah. seems like when practice deepens, like everything has meaning. Yes. That's the part where I'm like obsessed with is just like, oh, every single thing has meaning and how can mm -hmm. I sit with each of life's happenings, comings and goings. Mm -hmm. And always like there's a there's a thread that's there to it's like a poem that relates to you and your life and where you've been and where you're going. And we can that can be like the new like life manuscript that you're currently operating on. We're like currently updating and weeding out the old stuff like those like cartoons when they're just like throwing away the papers and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff but it's like every single day it's like who am I today mm -hmm. oh I have to go discover who I am today and I find new evidence of my evolution as I'm walking through life mm -hmm. and I think a lot of that comes like from coming into spaces like this like working alongside you having other minds that are also on their own journeys who are also open to share about their journeys because mm -hmm. I think this country has done a really good job of thinking that everybody's their main character of a shitty action film <laughs> like it's not even like it's like a low budget like a type personality i'm the star like give me my chicken mcnuggets and 37 ounce diet coke on set and it's just like treating everybody like shit and it's just like no that's not the good life mm -hmm. like like yeah. the good like the good life has been sold and commodified for too long and it's missed the mark completely and people haven't really like taken uh the power into their own hands to develop and creative direct their own utopia or their own main character scorsese film mm -hmm. scene <laughs> <laughs> um, so one thing that i wanted to ask was in relation to public perception and social media mm. and I think it's very easy to kind of like show our highlights and whatnot and if someone was going to like look into either one of our lives it just looks dope though they're always doing dope stuff they're always all zenned out like everything's beautiful like there's not a whole lot of uh tension mm. and what I want to know is like what's something that you've noticed in your own life that was kind of like the thing that you're always working on, the thing that always comes up and that you have to constantly be aware of because if you're not aware of it, then it has the ability to shift your life and create circumstances that are undesirable. It's a great question. Yeah. 
Yeah, you bring up a really good point. And I think the idea of like cultural conditioning and our like upbringing is important in that conversation because a lot of our love is conditional and a lot of like when we receive praise is conditional and there's a lot of judgment in growing up. So I just like had to deprogram myself from trying to perform, you know, and trying to say the right thing or do the right thing to get a feeling like I was a good person, you know, and a lot of my upbringing was that if you do these things, you're good. If you don't do these things, you're bad. And, and it created this like really bad binary in my subconscious. And I just was always trying to fill that void by doing, 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 doing. And it was like, I was running away from it. And there came a point where I just had to let go and I just had to let go. And I think that that was crucial for me. Um, and, and still is in a lot of ways to like, just be honest with myself and be sincere and be real about what I really feel and what I need. And if I'm like doing things for the right reason, and if I'm like spiritually aligned and I'm doing this out of love and for the community rather than my own ego. But I think uh, I've become so in touch with myself that I can kind of, in the beginning it's really hard, but when you start doing it, it's just like riding a bike. It just, it's natural now. There's no, you know, there's no shaking and there's no stopping and starting. It's just smooth rides. So I think that's the main thing um, for me is like knowing my programming, knowing my upbringing, knowing what triggers me or what puts me in positions that like, um, that bring up that old self, you know? And even like this, like having cameras on me or people like watching me used to bring so much fear because I was like, oh, maybe I'm going to make a mistake. Mm. You know, maybe I'm not going to do the right thing and be perceived as a bad person. And so, like, all that would play in my subconscious or, like, these inner critic, you know? The inner critic was really hard. And I just had to, like, make peace with that inner critic and just, like, treat him like that that critic in Ratatouille, the French the French dude. You know, mm -hmm. just serve him a warm, warm plate of vegetables. Well, he should get a studio here because we're like slowly but surely getting taken over by the French. <laughs> yeah, the French are. speaking. We have three French speaking <laughs> uh, studio members. Yeah, you're like a point four. I'm you're, like point two five. French point four. Yeah, I'm I'm respected in the French. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, parlez-vous français? Vous do un café avec moi? Allez, allez. Multi-skilled. Yeah, but uh. Yeah, man, that was that was it. And so, like, I mean, oh, yeah, you have a great point. I actually was just talking to da David, uh, David, uh, Monsieur David from France today about this, how, which is a very good point you bring up, is, like, there's a difference between spiritual, um, there's a difference with the, spiritual labor and work that goes into resolving your inner traumas 
and the ultimate spiritual fruit or expression that comes out of that. So those are two different distinct things. And one is very beautiful and very flowy and colorful and flowers and rainbows and majestic. And it almost can appear euphoric. And it is, but it's only because of the, the shadow work and the, and the dark nights of the soul that you have to go through in order to purify yourself to be able to experience those things. Mm-hmm. And so people, when they begin their spiritual journey, they're like, well, I want to be at the rainbows and the butterflies and the deer and like this beautiful garden. Like, why does this feel so bad? And um, they're confusing two different stages of the journey. Once you go through those hard times and it, it may take a while and you have to be patient with yourself, then you're able to to reap the benefits of that labor. And like what you mentioned, you start to feel joy and beauty in every moment. Mm-hmm. And every moment becomes an opportunity for you to check in with your spirit and find yourself and find your inner being. And, yeah. and so you can't confuse those, two, confuse those two things or else you'll be really disappointed. For sure. For sure. And it gets like hollow if you just stop at the first checkpoint. I think mm-hmm. the like the confidence or like the, the calmness of somebody that's like actually been through and is still continuing to go through the journey. Mm-hmm. There's that exalted just like just after like a workout or something. It's like mm-hmm. it took so much work just to get the, to this place that I'm just so grateful for all of it mm-hmm. rather than just like like celebrating around the first, you just hit a single and you're like celebrating like mm-hmm. you won like the World Series. It's mm-hmm. just like, no, it's like, there's a lot more of the journey to go. Yeah. And once you like accept it in its entirety, then you're like, oh, like I'm on my team, like I'm on humanity's team, but the way that I can help heal humanity and make it a better place is to make myself the best that I can be. And it's not gonna all get solved in one day, but just mm-hmm. knowing that for this long journey that like I'm on my side and yeah not getting disillusioned by every single incremental growth like we don't need to have like a celebration like half birthday on like each insight as we come in it's like oh like I have an appreciation like that's that's beautiful I can't wait for like the next thing to come but I got to get back into the practice in order to Mm -hmm. earn the next stage of this evolution mm-hmm. at least that's how I, I look at it as is mm-hmm. whenever I try whenever I get ahead on my skis I'm like oh like like there's a lot more yeah. to be experienced and if I'm anticipating or expecting I'm still giving myself opportunity to be happy with like everything like I'm mm-hmm. like in love with life at the moment mm-hmm. um, but not getting too far ahead of myself like there isn't a whole bunch more stuff mm-hmm. to get done internally. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's important you celebrate the milestones on the stations, mm-hmm. you know, on the journey and the stations on the journey. Like those are, those are accomplishments to some degree, you know, but they shouldn't be confused with the end goal. And I, I also look at it as it's not like a race of like you having to run somewhere and to like achieve something it's about a state of being and an inner state right which for sometimes working harder at gets you farther away from Uh you know but learning to let go and learning to submit 
and to give in to what life is trying to teach you or where life is trying to point you, then you're able to experience the joy of it. You have to get in the flow of life. Yeah, Life has this flow and you have to remove the veils and the barriers within you to join that flow. And, and that's essentially it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the surrendering part of it is probably like, the, that's the key I feel mm-hmm. like is once you surrender to how you move throughout the world. I used mm-hmm. to like try to onboard other people's way of doing things, thinking mm-hmm. that that was the way. And it just didn't work for me. Like it mm-hmm. never fucking worked for me, like trying to do something like someone else or like if there's a system or a structure, like following mm-hmm. it by the rules. Whenever yeah. I did that stuff, it I always came out with like a subpar version of the thing that I was trying to mimic. Yeah. But whenever I do me, it's exactly what it needs to be effortless, mm-hmm. like just... I don't know. The way that I move through life is very like casual. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just like I go from thing to thing. Like I like good at sports, maybe not as much with basketball, defense and assists, but everything has a unique cadence to how I move. Mm-hmm. And it's it's me. Mm-hmm. And society has taught me that the way that I go, which is a little bit slower and intuitive and like if something's just not flowing, I'm just like, oh, next thing. Right. Like we're not gonna sit here and right. like beat it into the ground and like make myself uncomfortable mm-hmm. and yeah. stressed out over something right. that is just not flowing right now. Mm-hmm. But where's the flow? Where's the energy? Let me go invest my time there because we're yeah. moving in that space. Or if I need to sleep, then that's I'm getting better at like the needing to rest part because I've mm-hmm. just been in like this doing phase mm-hmm. but i know when i need to like yeah we're back and and get back into the practice but the surrendering into of this is who i am this is how i operate let's do everything we can to optimize and prioritize this way of being rather than onboarding a societal uh program mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's like following your inner bliss versus following like social pressures mm-hmm. and I think that's essentially it is like you don't necessarily have to follow my path or your path you follow your own path but you have to do the work to determine what that is and what that looks like you know like we all have access to source we all have access to our hearts to our innermost being in our center um, and once we tap into it and we can experience it then from there comes like limitless possibilities of how best we can manifest that. For some people, it looks like doing a podcast. For some people, it's doing your art, doing your designs. Others, it's fashions. Others, it's literally just maybe serving really beautiful food and and creating a beautiful restaurant or environment and just making sure people feel warm and welcome and, and loved. You know, other people, it's just being a, a loving partner and just being present. You know, everyone has different skill sets that they've been appointed with in a lot of ways and that they naturally gravitate towards. But it's aligning what that is with your own inner inner being and inner life. And I think for me, it's like I was able to to kind of like realize early on what I was naturally 
um, gravitating towards and what really spoke to me. And it was art, it was design, it was furniture, it was architecture, all these things, anything that was created, I had a lot of appreciation and love for. So I just walked towards that <laughs> every and you know every year just a little bit more until i realized that you could make it a lifestyle mm -hmm. yeah i think what deters a lot of young people from following that intuition and walking that way is that they don't see anybody else walking that mm -hmm. way that's yeah. what deterred me for the longest time was like i was going off on my own path and the fact mm -hmm. that nobody else was going with me mm -hmm. i was like oh i must be wrong or on to something that's not good yeah because it's empty over here and who am I going to share this with at the end of the mm -hmm. day? Mm -hmm. And that's also what being a pioneer is, mm -hmm. is like taking that risk and, you know, conquering that fear of the unknown and charting that course that hasn't been walked before. Yeah. But then you're able to really experience something new and be a, almost a, a beacon, mm -hmm. you know, for people. And I think that's, why you've achieved what you've achieved that's what i've achieved what i have and it's because we took those risks from early on and said yes to ourselves at every moment and not in a selfish way in a desiring way but in a way it's like i'm gonna feed my soul do what my soul is telling me and no matter what nobody can i can't betray that nobody's mm -hmm. gonna manipulate me to, to betray that yeah no mas and, uh, and uh, that's like literally just been my mantra like my mantra is really simple to love everyone, serve everyone, and tell the truth. If I'm able to do that in everything I do, my work is an expression of love and service. My, my work is an expression of truth. It's my truth. It's what I see and what I feel. And when I'm able to do that, I feel like that's like my gift that I'm expressing through myself to the world. And that's it. And when people try to ask me about it or intellectualize it, overly intellectualize it, I just take a step back. I'm like, sorry, I can't do that. <laughs> I'm like, just look at the work. That The yeah. work should speak for itself. What does it yeah. make you feel? And that should communicate everything. And I mm -hmm. think, obviously, we're on a podcast, so this is kind of ironic. But, but like, I think sometimes words are limiting. You know, words can just confuse people and people can get lost in their own minds and, and ideas and concepts. And I think they're important to understand things, but they're not the end-all, be-all guide. Your mind is not your map. Your heart is your map. Your mind just helps you navigate where your heart's trying to go. Mm -hmm. And people confuse the mind as the resting place, and then they just end up more confusion, more confusion, more questions, more questions. Mm -hmm. And it just, you know, it can just drown themselves in the information. And just, okay, I listen to this podcast. What's the next podcast I got to find to to find enlightenment. I'm just, I'm four podcasts away from enlightenment. Do you know what I mean? And it's, it doesn't work like that. Like you can gain information, gain wisdom from those who have, who have taken that path before you, but then apply it to your own life. Do the work and paint your own picture. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah, I think the concept of like enough is really important like reaching to a point where it's mm -hmm. like oh like this is enough i don't have to do anything else mm -hmm. to prove myself to anybody mm -hmm. at all mm -hmm. like like the intention that i hold the energy that i show up with every single day the way that i treat people like the contributions creatively or otherwise like oh it's more than enough mm -hmm. like there was there's nothing missing from this picture or there's not nothing missing from this puzzle like i will inherently grow into 
more experiences, but like the core is completely intact. And yeah. it, it, it always has been, but I had to like recognize that it's, it's not me that needs to, that is flawed inherently that needs to have some outside thing validate like who I am as a person. It's like, I have to reach this level of success or whatnot. It's, it's, it's how present am I with the experiences that I'm having and am I aware enough to like see the spark or like the the presence of a higher power that's orchestrating all of it and I'm like oh I'm on your side like we're doing this together right Mm -hmm. now and the more times that I am aware of that I'm like oh I don't have to go do something else like it that's like the ego that's the uh, I guess the world that we're in right now is the more is better. And I'm like, yo, I'm actively trying to strip away as many of the things that are like mm-hmm. attached onto me as I can, because there's stuff that's like, I don't know, like behind like your kneecap, that's like an old program. And it's like, you got to like scrub that thing off because it's, it leeches from us. <clears throat> Mic check. Yeah, so we're in the flower factory right now. If you haven't, <laughs> if you haven't in the, uh, taken notice, but this is a a new experience for the city as well as mm-hmm. ourselves. But do you want to kind of dive in, segue okay. into the word? I feel like we have to talk about it because it's yeah. just like, yo, like it's been the gift that keeps on giving and. Um, something that and everyone's like, hella curious on. Yeah, seriously. What is, Can I See, what is the flower factory? Is the flower factory? Like, preferably, don't just show up at the front door. But if you do, like, you won't That's get cool. turned away. Yeah, you're. you're actually, everyone to... who has done that. Yeah, everyone has been open arms. Has become actually honorary members or members. Um, but I think, let me. Uh, what were you talking about before? Uh, talking about enough. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. I think on that point of realizing that you are more than enough and having a community that supports you and tells you and sees you for who you are is very important. And it's very important that you are able to be strong enough to tell yourself that you are more than enough and silence some of that inner doubt and the inner critic But it's also important that you have a community here that may guide you and aid you on that journey. But, uh, okay, so the idea of like us feeling like we are more than enough and us having a community that reaffirms our value as creators is quintessential for our flourishment, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's the genesis of the flower factory is it started from this idea of us as independent creators, independent designers, independent artists, trying to find a home for us to be ourselves. And so this huge warehouse presented itself and we shared space with some people who were leaving um, to New York and then we got an opportunity to take it over and invite our whole community to rent space and have a desk in this huge, beautiful warehouse. So that's how it um, manifested. And it operates essentially as an art collective or an artist and creative collective where we have independent creators and independent 
um, um, artists creating their own work in this space and then also as a cultural experience space mm -hmm. which we ha which basically looks like throwing events programs um creating our own um block parties and, and coming together as a community to celebrate yeah i think one thing that i always like describe it as is it's the idea that everybody has at 4 a.m in their kitchen mm. talking about what they want to do how they want to make a collective and everyone's gonna have their own thing but then they're sometimes gonna come together and do something together mm -hmm. and it's just and then it's like when monday morning comes back around like that idea just goes with the wind mm -hmm. and it never really becomes actualized right um so I think this is kind of like an ode to all those conversations that have happened all over the world mm -hmm. amongst friends um, with little to no follow through afterwards. <laughs> to no yeah. shade, because I was one of those people as well until I realized that like there are no rules and that you can just do yeah. what the hell that you want to do. And there is a way. That's the thing is, I think growing up, I didn't know that there was a way to accomplish certain things. Mm -hmm. Like it was reserved for certain people, right. but there's steps to, to anything, to anything that yeah. you want to do. There's necessary steps that if you follow those steps, that you're more than likely to do the thing or get so much information that you don't even want to do that thing anymore because it's whack. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that when you're like present and you're you're charged with that energy and that source then your your actions become more powerful and by that you can accomplish more because you you can have a clear vision and you can know how to implement that vision and so with the flower factory like myself and you knowing what the vision was and and knowing our own identity and knowing what we wanted to see in the community as an art collective or a creative collective that merges creativity and consciousness and brings together spirit and expression, we were like, this needs to exist, this kind of safe utopian environment for people to create and people to come together. Mm -hmm. And and then when you have that, then doors just open up naturally. Things just naturally align because that you're that's it that's a gift that you're giving and a blessing that you're manifesting with your work and with your actions. So the flower factory happened not only as an idea, but mo mainly as like an instinct or a vision and an inner drive or vocation of, of this needed to happen. And this was calling to be manifested. And we just heeded the call. And then when we had the event and the opening, we had so much beautiful response. I feel like, we need this in Portland. Like we've been dying for something like this. I can't. One person just yesterday, Jesse, said, "I've never seen so many creative people in one room smiling," mm -hmm. and just the the ability for us to just share space, see each other, and be joyful, like is a revolutionary act. Because in a lot of ways, creatives are exploited, and they're asked to perform to make something for someone or to make something for a corporation or an agency. And when we get outside of that like corporate structure or like agency structure, and we're all just individual artists celebrating each other and celebrating the moment, then powerful things can happen. And people then realize the value of a creator, you know, because it, 
there's this beautiful infrastructure around it. It also, I think, provides a, a new lens to look at it. It's like, oh, this isn't people in their basement that are that are just like making something that no one's going to see. These are people who are living and breathing their work and they're bringing it to the world and they're united in that front. And that's a that's a really, you know, important task in this world. That's not something to, to be, you know, discarded or joked at. Mm-mm. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Olivia's over here laughing behind the camera. Yeah, no, it's, it is, and it's about time now. It's just like, yo, when we keep talking about like the new earth and what are the components of it and, and whatnot, like the ship has already sailed. Like, mm-hmm. like the people that are creating it are, are, have been doing so for a long time. And I think the last couple of years have kind of like signified that shift. And now it's just like, everybody's just moving and it's, everybody has a place in it as well it's finding your own voice within the movement because it's needed these days mm-hmm. it's like nobody's like we're not saying like oh yeah like you got to follow everything it's like no 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 like you you have a space here to be exactly what you are and to tap into the depths of what that expression looks like mm-hmm. like i think if we're just confined to our homes creating like the depth and tone of our expression is layered with the the comings and goings of what it looks like to homestead wherever you're wherever you call home is just like layered with all of those with the bills and this and that and to have an environment where there's literally no bounds to what you can create in the conversations that you're going to have with the people that you meet like how do you create openness for something that you didn't even know was a possibility and this is like the place where you don't know what's around the next corner but you're saying yes to a new experience i think it's people are scared of that as well it's something that i've like observed is just like i'm not promising anyone anything Mm -hmm. outside of just acceptance in a space like that's it but anything that you can imagine can be done I'm not going to tell you where it needs to go. I'm here to help. But I think for a long time, I was afraid of my own potential. And I think that piece is very present in a lot of people our age, younger than us, is like, what would happen if I actually did the thing that I dream of? Like, who would I become? How would life change? Uh Uh-oh, like, this is familiar. Let me just stay in this a uh, familiar place but that's something that I've been fascinated with for a long time is like what is that switch to to just go all in on self and your own growth and your own creative expression because it comes it comes in stages but that tipping point is oftentimes elusive or hard to illustrate because it always comes down to you like it's always going to come down to the person and not everyone else validating the person beforehand i used to wait around be like this dope like is this tight and wait for people to say yeah that's tight use your rocket and then i'd be like oh yeah i did it but to decide beforehand this is the way that that i'm going like you can follow me or not but i'm decidedly going that way and this place the flower factory is 
very much a place where you can surge forward and create something that's never been done before. But there's that little bit of fear that has a lot of power in in the lives of some. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Message. (laughs) Yep. Yes, King of the Hill response right there. Yep. (laughs) Bobby. No beer. (laughs) I do wish I had drank beer still. Yeah. It tastes good. That boy ain't right, I tell you what. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) I'm just thinking about what, you know, Hank Hill would think about of this conversation. (laughs) I mean, we lost him a long time ago. (laughs) Such a good character, like an iconic character. But uh, along with Bobby and Dale, Dale's like so underrated on that show. It's hilarious. Um. The best way and the most like poetic way I like describing the flower factory is it's a multi-dimensional astral space for the new earth. A multi-dimensional astral space for the new earth. And by that it's like there's many angles and facets and manifestations of it. It's a space for us to create, for us to do events, for us to do programs, workshops, multi-dimensional but there's a a astral component in a sense that it has to do with our inner worlds and and using art as a way to express our inner worlds and then ultimately manifest the new earth aka the new reality or the new uh, world we want to live in and both physically and both emotionally and spiritually and i think on that note is when you are manifesting the new earth you're essentially manifesting your highest timeline and by that you're living your truest purpose right and a lot of people have superstar energy but they've been convinced they're middle management Ooh, ooh, baby (laughs) take two so many people have superstar energy, but they're convinced that they're middle management. Hello? So many people have superstar energy, but they're convinced that they're middle management. And I think that that conditioning of believing that you're middle management and believing you're not enough um, comes about when you're on that raw, naked journey. Because when you provide a space or a template that's free and you could do whatever you want and you get rid of all of the distractions, that's when all of those conditionings, those voices, those fears that you've been ignoring come up, right? And you have to deal with them. You have to deal with them. They're going to force you to recognize them. They're going to force you to confront them. So that's where you're at the crossroads where you either run back and say, you know what, I am not good enough. I'm just going to go play it safe and do something over here that feels more familiar. You know, a pain that feels more familiar becomes more attractive than a love that feels brand new. Right? And so sometimes based on where people are on their journey, they just go back into those routines and they run away from their highest self. And so it's like, it's not my opportunity or my job to 
force people to manifest their highest timeline. It's my role, I believe, as an artist or creative to express my highest truth and show people, look, there's a path here that you can do it too and you can achieve it if you implement these certain principles or values or practices. You can use that to empower your work and your expression and then it's up to them to implement it. Mm-hmm. And I, I have no attachment to it. You know, I'm detached from that standpoint. I'm just like, all right, cool. If it works out, more power to you and nothing but love. And if it doesn't, then you may need more love and I'll give that to you, but you have to go on your own journey. Mm-hmm. But what do you feel like is your biggest opportunity for growth? Mm. I think surrendering the need for security Mm. Mm -hmm. and learning to just be okay with surrender in the moment, even when I may not know how it will turn out and learning to speak my truth without fear of consequences. Mm -hmm. Cause like, you know, if you speak your truth and it's in a low stakes environment, like is then it's not that big of a risk, right? But if you speak your truth in a really critical environment, but you know it's right, but it may cost you a lot of money or may cost you an opportunity and you're not being disrespectful and you're not being angry, you're just speaking your truth firmly with dignity, then um, I have to follow that voice Mm -hmm. and I have to learn to always like, um, make sure I'm speaking truth from my perspective and from my experience. That's why my philosophy is love everyone, serve everyone, tell the truth. And sometimes like living that can be difficult, you know, like when someone wrongs you, when someone attacks you, it's hard to love them. And, but I have to get rid of my reactionary mind and just be like, I have nothing but love for them, even though I intensely disagree with them. Mm-hmm. And then serving someone, it's hard to serve someone when you know that they take you for granted or they misinterpret your service, right? Mm-hmm. And even telling truth, it's hard to speak truth when you know you may be attacked for it or maybe called out for it. Yeah. But you know that it's right to speak your truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with that as well. Just like coming into like, I think that's like a component of leadership as well, of having integrity Mm. in every situation. Like granted, there are lapses in judgment, but just knowing that it's a responsibility and and taking the responsibility Mm -hmm. in all phases of life, it's like, oh, like I have a lot more uh, stake and more in these situations of life. Like life doesn't happen to me. Like I'm out here like doing things creating life as i go as a as a as a like participant like i just don't want to sit back and think that things are just happening without my input or say so like i've mm-hmm. signed off on every single thing that's occurred how do i choose to show up to those experiences and speaking the truth when it's easier to kind of mm allow I don't know time to pass without putting our stamp on the moment yeah it's easy just to be like 
all right, like, let's just not participate because it may out us of a job or it may out us out of a, a social group. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to do that yeah. or to be like, oh, yeah, I, I don't I don't have an opinion about it. It's like, no, 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 I have an opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely have an opinion. And uh, we have a lot of experience with that, even at the factory. Yeah. Right. Which that's another podcast. But um, we don't want to air out. <laughs> yeah messy podcast yeah but you know clickbait bro we should you should uh you should do it because advertising numbers are the way up dude Shit, i'm just getting back on to back on the horse i haven't recorded a podcast all year i'm like i'm like i used to be a lot better at this <laughs> but uh i think that like yeah it's it's a good point and that's like something to navigate is like a lot of times it's it's much safer to shrink yourself and be passive because of security and because mm-hmm. of acceptance, right? Yeah. So we shrink ourselves and say, I have no opinion, I swear, like just do whatever you want. And we consider that healthy and we also consider that keeping the peace, mm-hmm. right? Like I have to be the peacekeeper and I have to be the people pleaser in in the dynamic. and. Part of, you know, expressing yourself. I think if you've neglected yourself for so long, speaking your truth seems like aggression. Yeah. Right. When it's not, it's just expressing your truth and um, caring for your own needs seems like selfishness. Right. If you neglect yourself, then taking care of yourself feels, feels like being selfish. And if you neglect yourself, speaking your truth feels like aggression, like you're intruding on someone. And part of you know standing in your power is a mosquito part of standing in your truth and standing in your power is being able to to say what you feel and what is right regardless of the fear of consequences and um knowing that if someone doesn't respect your boundaries or your truth they're not worth keeping around you know, you don't want to have a relationship or a social group where they don't respect your boundaries, or your voice, and they completely violate you because they only want a relationship with the person that will let them violate, let, let them abuse and let them violate them. Mm-hmm. And so if they're only like their only um, preface of a relationship is you have to be this certain way that I can take advantage of, then that's not someone you want to be with. That's not someone you want to spend time with because that's not a healthy dynamic. Yeah. But like you said, it's sometimes we're conditioned to play that role because we've it kept us safe when we were kids mm-hmm. and it kept us safe when we were young. We just If we just, no one looks at us and we just don't make much noise, we'll be safe. But knowing that you're not that kid anymore, you know, those are different circumstances and you can release that and forgive that part of you yeah helps you transcend it yeah it takes a long time just to get past those Mm -hmm. stages that we just bring along for the ride but as life goes on it's like the more brave i become the more i'm blessed and the more things that come into my life Mm -hmm. and i'm just like oh that momentum is starting to really pick up as far as like knowing how i need to one show up for myself but then when i see daylight i can go i can go for it 
as soon as I see it and not wait around. And I just have like a, like an undying trust that I'm investing in every single day. It's just like, how can I love myself more? How can I be with myself more? Like, how can I, if I ever notice I'm judging myself, like nipping it in the butt, like Mm -hmm. as soon as I can, any sort of negativity or trying to find the origins of those those thoughts and stuff mm-hmm. because those programs like if you're not vigilant in identifying it when it comes up like it'll creep up and become your your condition again you'll recondition yourself based off of this muscle memory mm-hmm. so it's like every single day it's like the more you become brave the more you go for the things that you want in life like the easier it becomes the next time and then you're like oh i can do this like the stuff that i'm doing now is like like three years ago I've been like what are you doing are you fucking kidding me and things that I'm looking at is just like completely casual like just like oh yeah like today we did this this and this and I'm like wait me five years ago would be fucking stoked and so I'm stoked today because I was like holy shit I'm doing the things that I only dreamed of but now they're just kind of like I'm grateful but they're just not what I thought they were they were I was pedestalizing things that were just supposed to be normal mm-hmm. if that makes any sense like now I'm just done pedestalizing things because then it's like it creates separation it's yeah. like this thing is better than me and I'm already anointing something without a situation or a person earning the respect that I'm giving it yeah. so now it's just like everybody's at the same level I'm at the same level as Jay-Z or whoever else that I wish to work with you know it's like I'm not gonna pedestalize anybody who hasn't I don't think anybody earns earns that unless you're like not in a physical body like like spirit like I I will bend the knee to spirit all day every day Mm -hmm. especially when I'm connected I'm always connected but like when I have a moment with spirit it's like I'll humbly like curl up in a ball and cry on the floor but like any man walking this earth it's like Oh, what's going on? You want to go get some chicken and guns over here? <laughs> like, yes. what, like you want to like kick it and share a meal or something? But I don't know. These days, I'm just like, yo, like, what can we do? Like, allow the imagination to just flourish and just do what the fuck it wants to do. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing's off limits, and it's a muscle that that we build over time. But from a from starting from a place of like self doubt, fear, and self-abandonment, sabotage, all of those things. Like that's me to my core. Like I am the person that has the idea but completely afraid and needing validation to someone that like if an idea comes up, I'm like, all right, here are the components. Let's fucking do it. Like Mm -hmm. there's no, there's no like I can't in me anymore, Mm -hmm. but I have to keep showing up to reaffirm like these, these beliefs that I've cultivated over time. So that process I'm, infinitely like obsessed with of like yo you can change like you can spend this time you can change your whole entire life and it takes steps but it can be done and Mm -hmm. yeah I'm just grateful for spaces like this friends like you communities that we're both a part of that like foster this realization and we all see it within each other's lives but then we experience it in our own lives and it's there's enough for all of us Mm mm-hmm and it's important, like, the idea of satsang, you know, like, or in Arabic, sahaba. So the 
the satsang is like the Buddhist tradition of of a group of companions um, working in spiritual harmony towards a goal or the idea of sahaba, like the sohba, like the intimate companions of the Prophet who would work together to find spiritual um, liberation is very foundational to spiritual experience and the spiritual life, a fulfilling spiritual life. So obviously I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for this space because we're able to to work hand in hand to realize our truest selves. And it's important that we we don't isolate ourselves in that spiritual journey. Like when we, you know, shrink into our own beings and isolate ourselves and, you know, tell us all these horrible things, uh, then it can feel really out of balance and it can feel really daunting or depressing, right? But when we release them and we're able to have community and have dialogue to to work through them in concert, then it makes them a lot more easier. And we're able to to have the courage, right? Like courage isn't the absence of fear, it's the ability to act in the face of fear, right? And so knowing that, you know, those emotions or feelings may never leave you, they're always going to be there to some degree, but you can still overcome despite it. And um, having the wisdom to discern that, to know when you should speak your truth and stand firm. And sometimes speaking your truth looks like just being silent and walking away because this person or this situation isn't worth your time or these people won't hear you and can't hear you. They're not in the state to comprehend what you're saying. So the act of power is you leaving and taking your energy away from that situation. That's also you speaking your truth by embodying it without words. So that's very, very foundational um, to to a rich spiritual life. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, everyone in this space understands the value of the unseen world, the value and the beauty of the unseen world, of our thoughts, emotions, and spirit. And we use that as the the fuel for us to work through our issues and express our deepest self. Mm-hmm. And and it's beautiful. It's a very beautiful thing. I think one of the homies who works with us is a designer. Hunter was saying that he would share videos and photos and some of the stories of the space. And people are like, what is that? Oh my God, that looks like a, like a dream. Like it looks like everything I've ever wanted and like is that real what's going on and so there's this there's this excitement around the idea because sometimes people don't realize it's possible Mm -hmm. and they don't realize it can exist and like to your to your inner dialogue about like pedestalizing or putting a person or experience up there as a solve is you're essentially saying to yourself that this experience will make me feel a certain way and this experience will give me what I feel I'm lacking. And so part of the problem with that is that then you're inherently saying you're not enough Mm -hmm. in this moment, right? You're saying I need this person or this experience to feel like I'm enough. And... 
once you start to realize you are more than enough and that you have everything you can possibly need within you and you can give it to yourself, you can shower yourself with that feeling, then all of a sudden those things don't have as much power over you, you know, and you're able to navigate them more more effortlessly because they don't have power over you. They can't make you do something that you don't want to do. Yeah. And I think the reason why celebrity culture or corporate culture can manipulate you can manipulate you so easily is because it holds power over you. If I do these things, then maybe I'll get rich. Or if I do these things, maybe I'll get close to this person and access to this thing. And that's what what allows people to compromise their values. But if you have power within yourself and you have belief in yourself and you know what true richness is, the joy of spirit, the joy of companionship, then you these things don't hold power over you anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's your inner conditioning and inner programming that's preventing you from seeing it. It reminds me of this really famous story with the spiritual master Ananda Ma. So in Ananda Ma's ashram in India, there was a a dog that used to roam the streets. And it was getting really um, sick and was starving. And so they put a bowl of food out by the stairs. And every day it would come really close to the stairs and then it would stop and then walk away. And everyone was confused, like, why isn't this dog eating? It, It's clearly starving, but it's not taking the food. And Ananda Ma came one morning and saw it and realized that the staircase that it was next to, there was a face of a lion carved into the stone next mm-hmm. to it. <laughs> and she said, the fear of the lion is preventing it from eating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she said, this is the same thing with most of humanity. This is the same issue that most of humanity has. Yeah. Is that the fear of the imaginary lion in their head prevents them from the meal that's right in front of them. Yeah. And it's like that lion was carved and placed there for a reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Planted in the minds of many men. Yeah. Damn. Well, this is basically the conversation we have every single time that yeah. we talk. <laughs> but uh, we're coming to the end of this episode. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our beautiful listeners on video? Just don't forget how special you are. Don't forget how valuable you are. And that, like, your inner spirit and your inner voice is a gift. And you can either suffocate it or you can let it sing. And it's up to you to decide. Well said. (laughs) Ali, you are a gift to this world. I forgot, what, what do I say? Oh, yeah. Thank you, Ali. And thank you all for listening to Opening Present. Uh, take two. Can we have on that back? Uh, on that back. So funny. Now we're leaving that there. <laughs> leaving it all in. Mm-hmm.